There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Well, thank you once again for our Wednesday edition of the podcast. We certainly thank the Lord for His goodness to us. And allowing the McVeigh family to get back home again. We had a good weekend in Rhode Island. We thank the Lord for that. And it's a great privilege for us to be able to travel and to preach. Uh, we were gone for three weeks. We're home this week. And Youth Week starts on Sunday, really. Uh, Brother Taylor, Brother Knickerbocker will be preaching the Black Creek Baptist Church Sunday morning. I will be over in Wellsville at the Anchor Baptist Church Sunday night. Brother Zach Vernon will be preaching at the Anchor Baptist Church in Wellsville, New York at 6 p.m. And then 11 o'clock on Monday morning, officially, Youth Week is kicked off. Brother Donnie Harvey uh, should be preaching for us, Lord willing. He is from Tennessee. We thank God for those that are coming in. Thank God for those that are listening, that are coming. And uh, many folks have decided to make the journey this year and how we thank the Lord for that. Looking forward to a good week. And so pray for us. Pray the Lord does have his will and his way. Yesterday on the podcast, uh, we just ran out of time in our personal lives. And so we went ahead and used a testimony, which we recorded several weeks ago, the testimony of Sister Vicki McFarland. What a great blessing it was to hear her testimony. What a great blessing it was to hear what God had done for her in her life and has continued to do in her life. And uh, I want to explain a couple of things on today's podcast. I'm not going to go into the book of Job yet, but I want to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And therefore, the Apostle Paul says, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. And because we have received mercy, we have this ministry, we faint not. God uh, gives that measure of faith to a man that he can do what God has called him to do. Uh, people often say, you know, how, how in the world do you and your family travel and do what you do? Well, it's just the grace of God. And uh, God gives that measure of faith, and therefore we can do it. How does a man pastor day in and day out? God gives him a measure of faith. And I didn't say go play golf every day and, and go out to eat three times a day, but no, to pastor people. How does God do that? How does a man a bishop? He has a measure of faith. How can someone take their family and go across the ocean and live in a foreign country, live in a third world country in a bamboo hut? Because God gives him a measure of faith to do that. And so because God has done this, because we've obtained mercy, we faint not, he says, but we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. And so that's one of the things I want to talk about in this podcast today. As we heard a lady's testimony yesterday, and by the way, I could give you others that have never recorded their testimony, uh, but those that have said about how they have been saved later on in life, some even into their 70s, and uh, and even they had a profession of faith as a young person. Later on, God truly saved them, a couple of them with multiple professions of faith, and the problem is, is that confuses people. They'll use verses like, well, they forgot that they were purged from their original sins. They forgot that they got saved is what they're really saying. Or they got so far from God, they forgot that they got saved. I was rebuked several years ago for preaching the reality that a great big God moves inside of a little feeble man. That man is going to know that God is on the inside. 
our dear brother that's with the Lord now used to preach a tremendous message. And it was, this is what he'd ask people. Can a man be saved and not know it? Well, can you be saved and not know it? Not hardly. Because someone like God moves on the inside. So many things are done at that moment that he moves on the inside. He purges you. He cleanses you. He washes you. Gives you regeneration. Renews the Holy Ghost. Passes you from death unto life. Buries you with Christ in his death. Raised in the likeness of Jesus Christ. And therefore, we're baptized with Christ. Raised with Christ. And, and many, many things go on from that. We're born of God. We receive the spirit of adoption. The same spirit of faith. The spirit of wisdom and of truth. There's so many things that God does for us at the moment of salvation. How could a man forget that he got saved? How could a man forget what God has done for him? And yet we're in a day when there's so much confusion and people go to meetings. And of course, they hear about somebody making a profession and they say, well, they, I think they were really saved. I think somebody confused them. Somebody calls them. We heard our sister say uh, yesterday on the podcast, somebody made that young lady doubt a couple months before she was saved. And the reality is that and I don't know if she knew this until maybe now, uh, but right, the reality is we preach the same message in Liberty, Maine, that we preached down the coast of Maine. We preached on believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And I talked about that word belief. He that believeth on him shall not be ashamed. It's what pricked that young lady up in Maine. Uh, she realized she'd been ashamed of the gospel of Christ in the back of the church. Unbeknownst to me, she was down between the pews just weeping. And uh, later came and visited my wife. And I told her, said God had saved her. Then let other folks know. And uh, Sister Vicki McFarland came under conviction by that, was troubled by that. The same message, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And it was a troubling and a stirring and by their own testimonies, we must believe what they said. I truly got born of God. Well, what is the evidence of that? Well, the evidence of that is peace, is joy, the fullness of God, that joy in the Holy Ghost that only God can give. And I love what a brother said last year, and he talked about that peace of God that passeth all understanding. He said, if you can explain it, then it's not God's peace. But if it passeth all understanding, we know that's God's peace. That's a peace that God gives. It's a rest that God gives his children. They are rested in him. And so we see multiple professions. We see people that have made 30, 40, 50 professions. Why? They're still unsettled. And people, you know, they always like to try to play God in their life and play the Holy Ghost. So I really think this time they got it. Well, after 30 professions, it's kind of a wonder about that. But what changed? What's the difference between the first, the first 30 or 40 professions and the one that sticks? The entrance of thy word giveth light. There is an inward change that accompanies salvation. There is peace. There is joy. There is something that enters into the believer, changes them from the inside out. They can't fake it. They can't drum it up. It's real. It's Jesus Christ on the inside. And you can't pretend long enough that he's on the inside without being troubled. That's why the hypocrite is so troubled. It's why folks wrestle. It's why preachers, they're so bothered by this. There are preachers out there today, they get professions everywhere they go. There are preachers out there that push for that profession. They preach on lost church people. Thank God for that. They preach on lost religionists. And a lot of young people, they're out there in fornication and indecency and uh, immodesty and their, their naked pictures all over the internet and their beach attire and their godlessness and their pornography. And so the preacher comes and he preaches, you do this, 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 it's because you're not saved. So what do they do? They run down to the altar, they make another profession of faith. And that troubles people. 
But yet, oftentimes, it doesn't stick. Why? It's that guilt. It's that sorrow of the world that worketh death. They feel guilty about what they've done and what they are. When a man comes under condemnation, it's not what he's done that God deals with. It's who he is that God deals with. God deals with that man as a sinner. It's not because you told a little white lie or stole a roll of dimes when you were seven years old. It's because you're a sinner. And God deals with you about that in relation with his dear son, Jesus Christ. So again, we see a movement today where people are making professions, but then the next year they make another profession. A new preacher comes in, they make another profession, and that bothers people. They call them retreads. Well, some of them are retreaded, but how do you have someone like Sister Vicki McFarland? How do you have someone like other people we've known? I'm not going to name names, but they've made professions young. Later on, God revealed that to them. We know a lady who was almost 70 years old, but God finally saved her. And she'd come under condemnation of the law of God, was greatly troubled, had made another profession in the midst of all that. But she said, as just a teenage girl, God had showed her, uh, you know, through a, through a Sunday school teacher, but she didn't want to disappoint that teacher. And God had showed her she was lost and troubled about her lost condition. And the problem is today, we don't have enough preachers standing, telling people, this is the evidence of salvation. They're dishonest with people about what God says about the matter of salvation. He says, not walking in craftiness in verse two, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. So what do they do? How do they do that deceitfully? They run back to the same verse every time. They run back to Romans 10, 13, where he says, call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. They say, did you call upon the name of the Lord? They'll say, yes, I did. They say, well, then what does the word of God say? You're saved. And that person has to agree with them because the preacher's telling them, did you call on the name of the Lord? Yes, I did. Well, then you're saved. I've, I've heard of a preacher that said he got saved. He went in the back room with the preacher, and this is what he said. Uh, the pastor said, he said, you know what to do. Well, what do you need to do? Go into heaven and call God down? Go into hell and call God up? Where do you, where do you go? What do you do? Demand God save you? And that's a deceit. That's a lie that's being told. You can't be saved till the Lord draws you. When the Lord begins to draw you, reveals your lost condition, and by the way, men are obligated to repent. I just want to make that clear. And one of the great fallacies, again today, the deceit of that, they'll say, did you repent of all your sins? Well, that's impossible. It's an impossibility for me to sit here and even begin to con comprehend the sins that I've committed. And by the way, the devil's brought thousands of them to mind over the years. It's amazing. Some people only think they committed one or two sins. I can think of thousands because the devil's brought them to mind. He's made accusation against me. But the reality is it's not the sins I repent of. It's my standing with God. It's when I change my mind about my life and my standing, my condition, and change my mind about the word of God and about his dear son, Jesus Christ, that he birthed me again. He passed me from death unto life. I was in fear of hell. I was in fear of death. I was in fear for my soul. I was troubled about my lost estate. I was troubled about my sinful condition. God had laid all those things upon me. I was wrestling with the Holy Ghost, trying to convince him that I was a good person, that I was a right person. Then God finally showed showed me what I was and showed me the manner of man that I was. And I hated it. It was vile. It was awful. When I came to that place, I repented. I was done. I was finished. I didn't have to call upon the name of the Lord. I didn't have to go through the motions. You know why? Because I had already believed in my heart. He said, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How shall they call upon him in whom they have not believed? And they're telling people to call upon a God that they don't believe. They don't know who he is. 
They have no understanding of Scripture. He's the Christ of the Old Testament. He's the Christ of the law. He's the Christ of the Psalms. Therefore, they just get another profession of faith, and then other preachers go out and mock these retreads and scoff at these retreads and tell people they got the real thing. You don't need to be born again, again. They make comments like that. Well, if you ask the Lord to save you, you're saved. What about repentance? Why don't you have peace? Why don't you have joy? Why aren't you? Why are you so content in your sin if you've been born of God? The regenerate soul can't get away from sin. It's amazing. You know, after I got saved, I quit being offended in church. After I got born of God, I quit being offended in life. You know, I was indignant about just certain things. You know, it just, I mean, it was pretty pathetic. Things like abortion and, and uh, you know, killing babies and things like that. I was very indignant. I'd argue with people about those things. But it's amazing after I got saved, I didn't even get offended in church. The preacher said, hey, you need to be here Sunday night. I went on Sunday night. I didn't get offended by that. The preacher said, you need to be here for revival service. By the way, I wanted to be in revival services. Back in those days, they used to scald the dog. But a man would get up there and preach. He'd preach against everything I was doing. I lived on the altar the first three years I was saved. I mean, think about every service I was on the altar. You know why? Because I was just full of, full of garbage, full of you. But you know what? I had a witness of God on the inside. God was bearing witness to my soul. And so if a man had the word of God deceitfully, and by the way, some tried, they came in contact with these soul winning plans and salvation plans, and they bore that word of God deceitfully, but there was something greater on the inside. I remember sitting in one of the soul winning classes going, well, I didn't do this. I didn't do it. And I was kind of troubled by that. I said, well, I didn't do this. I know he went through the Romans road. I didn't ask God to save me. I was just done. I just, I didn't have to like beg God to save me. He birthed me, passed me. And all of a sudden I came upon a verse that says, nay, except you repent, you'll all likewise perish. And they tried to skip over that soul winning class, by the way. But I got down to that place, I realized I'd come to repentance. I was no longer perishing. God had changed me internally. I was a new creature in Jesus Christ. I was almost afraid to say stuff like that to people. Because, man, that what they were talking about isn't what I experienced. It wasn't that I just had to bow my head, repeat 19 words, and then and then say, well, it's not the prayer that saves you, and then lead somebody in a prayer. No, it's because I was finished with the, my way. I wanted God's way. And there's so many people have prayed a prayer, and they've gone into the throes of what they call the new birth without peace, without joy, without walking in the comfort of the Holy Ghost. And what we heard yesterday was a young lady who spoke of that very issue, a Sunday school teacher that tried to push her into a profession, Sunday school teacher that tried to prod her into a profession. Profession. Sunday school teachers that was overbearing and tried to. I've seen that in vacation Bible schools. They'll say this Well, children, how many of you want to ask Jesus in your heart? And they don't have a chapter and verse for that because nowhere in the Bible does it ask you to tell you to ask Jesus into your heart. But then somebody else comes along and they offer them another salvation. It's still a false salvation because they're crafty. They convince them they don't have Jesus in their heart. But then they just give them to make another profession of faith. They add a tally to their number. And by the way, I've seen people make a profession of faith. The next night respond to a call to preach. The next night get saved all over again. And what confusion that is. And they say, well, people are just confused. But God's not confused. People are confused more because there's another gospel. And that gospel has confused people. That gospel has been deceitful. And so the Paul said, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And therefore, when we preach, we preach the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. So then whenever we preach, it's not deceitful. It's not with craftiness. It's with integrity and honesty. The new birth, that indwelling Savior, that work of God inwardly that manifests itself in an outward presence of God, the peace of God, the joy that God brings, the comfort of the Holy Ghost, all of these things are made manifest in salvation.
How do they handle the word of God deceitfully? Well, as long as you repeat the prayer, you're okay. Did you ask God to save you? As though God is going to come down and he's going to pull himself off his throne against the word of God, descend to this earth and save you because you obligated him to do that. That's not the holy God of the Bible. No, God said you'll come by repentance or you'll not come. You'll believe in the name of his dear son or you'll not come. I don't care how many prayers you pray. I don't care how much you demand God save you. I don't care how much you demand that God come down off his throne and meet you halfway. God's not going to move. He's the immutable God. He's an unchangeable God. He has never changed. He's not going to change for you. But he's also made a way of salvation that whosoever will may come. How do you come? Through his son, Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. That's what God is offering. That's the person he's offering. That is biblical salvation. So when you hear on this podcast, people oftentimes have given testimonies of religion and religion binding them, religion tricking them. Why? Because the deceitfulness of men, they're deceitful. They've not, they have hidden things of dishonesty. They walk in craftiness. They handle the word of God deceitfully. They're trying to pad numbers. They're trying to get professions. They're trying to justify their ministry, trying to make themselves look better. And people are susceptible to that. And they're in trouble because they have not obeyed the gospel of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. That's the problem. The devil said, okay, that's good enough. You've done enough. Okay, you're six years old. You prayed the prayer. You're good to go. You're four years old. You prayed the prayer. You're good to go. I've heard them as young as three years old. The man couldn't even remember he got saved. There's another young man just crossed my mind. I think he was three years old. Couldn't even remember. Everybody else was told you got saved at three years old. I wouldn't want to die with a salvation that I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember this great God of heaven entering into my life and changing me and making a drastic change in my life and in my heart. He said that that they believe not. Who is that? The devil's blinded their minds lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Here's why we don't be deceitful. Here's what we preach. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. I'm going to stop there as far as the scripture. Much more is said. I hope you read that chapter. But let me just say this. When you begin to preach yourself, when you begin to, to look for numbers, when you begin to have accountability to other men over what you do in ministry, you're in a danger of falling into this snare. That's why so many men are out there trying to get professions of faith. That's why so many men, I've said, use this, uh, this allegory many times, they round second base and they fall down the way to third. They'll have a great outline. They'll have a great verse. They'll have a great idea, thought, and they'll run with that message. And they round second base in the distance. They see an altar with professions and they stumble and they fall at that altar rather continuing on the course that God has led them because they feel so pressured to get professions. They feel so pressured to tell people they had people saved. When pastors call, they say, well, we had nine saved. We had seven saved. We had four saved. And I love what the Sam, he said many years ago, he said for about five years, you can assume they probably got saved. He said, give them about 20 years, you'll really know for sure they got saved. And that's where we are today. There's a great falling away that we're in the midst of. There's people I never thought would fall away. They've gone into apostasy, gone to this contemporary movement, gone full bore against the word of God. And there's people that have been saved, they've been saved for 15, 18, 20 years, and they've turned away from the things of God. How do you know you're saved? Because the word of God pricks his heart. The word of God reveals Jesus Christ to him. The word of God is a comfort to him, even in his carnal state. That word of God brings him joy and brings him peace. 
This is an exhortation for this Wednesday. Lord willing, we'll be back in Job tomorrow on the podcast. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Singing the glorious song of the redeemed.